0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast, where we take the message portion of our Sunday services and we put them in a convenient podcast form so you can listen to anywhere that you are. Are you on your lunch break? Are you working out, jogging? Uh, What else? Are you stuck in traffic? We know how that can be, especially in Atlanta. These podcasts might be able to take your mind off of that and also, maybe you're stuck in class and you're trying to drown out your teacher. I'm kidding. Listen to your teacher. Listen to the podcast later. Today, we're wrapping up the Aftershocks series. This is a three-part series, so make sure you go back and check out the other two messages. This aftershock series has been all about making us aware of things that can follow a traumatic event. They can be extreme or mild, but... They can be things that really just throw us off, and and we don't even realize that we're going through it sometimes. Things like depression or anger, uh, substance abuse. We want to help you through those. We want to give you some tools to help you overcome those aftershocks. All right, guys, let's go ahead and dive in, and, and I'll see you on the other side.
1: Hey, good morning. So glad you're here today, and just what a great morning so far. Just enjoyed um, baptisms, and I'll tell you something I enjoyed. enjoyed having some announcements. You know, for so long, you know, the church, is what we weren't able to do a whole lot and everything like that, and I know it was a lengthy amount of announcements, but to me, it's a lot going on, and I'm excited about that. Excited that you're here today. We are closing out a series today, and if you haven't been here the last two weeks, uh, I'm going to get you caught up real fast, that we are in this series called Aftershocks, where we've been talking about that there's events that happen in our lives that are traumatic, and when those events are over, a lot of times we think, well, everything's done, and it's over, and I'm okay, but usually, not usually, a lot of times what happens is that there's an after effect, an aftershock is an after effect. Like if you're in a car wreck, I use this the first week, you're in a car wreck that that is the traumatic event. The aftershock of that event is your car's messed up, you got to deal with insurance, you may have to get a lawyer, you've got uh, some physical injuries or whatever, and you're going to uh, the doctor or a chiropractor, everything like that. That's the aftershock of that event. And what happened in, in our life in, in this past 20 months that we've been talking about this morning is that we had COVID hit. And COVID hit, and it seemed like for a while it's over, and then it kind of popped back up. As a matter of fact, you heard me the first week say, when we wrote this series, when we thought about this series, we thought that COVID was literally almost over, and then it rose back up. And so I'm not saying it's over. But what happened, the aftershock of COVID, COVID itself, the virus itself is one thing, but the aftershock, uh, aftershock of that has been um, incredibly bad that we've seen the effects of isolation on people's lives, that we've seen depression, we've seen addiction. And you heard me the first week just walk through some stats on this, that that alcoholism's up, that uh, um, all kinds of uh, uh, addiction to drugs is up, that uh, suicide is up, that loneliness is up, and that a huge factor in life, that this whole thing that's been going on it's really just an aftershock. And so we've spent the, the last two weeks talking about how do you deal with that? And the first is that admit that your life's unmanageable. The second thing was to, to believe that there's hope in Jesus Christ. And today we're going to close it out by talking about turning around. Now, I want to tell you, uh, years ago, uh, both my girls went to Toccoa Falls College and I'd been there several times uh, to see them, but I was driving up to see them. Uh, just a beautiful day and I was driving up and all of a sudden I saw this sign that said, Detour detour. So I'm up in the North Georgia mountains and I detour. And if you know me and my, uh, my brother who has, who doesn't ever ride with me, he got to experience this. I'm about ADD y'all. I'm just telling you, we were driving this past week. Uh, my, I had an uncle who passed away and we were driving to West Virginia and my brother hadn't ridden with me in years. And look, I don't pay attention. And I just, I'm just telling you. And, and my wife is very gracious and patient. Um, but I'm driving to North Georgia and it's detour and I'm following these signs. And all of a sudden, like, I'm not paying attention anymore. I have no idea where I'm at. I have no idea. I know that I'm not going to die or anything like that, I don't know where I'm going. And I keep riding, and this, this voice in the back just says, just turn around. Just turn around. Just turn around. But I don't want to turn around. You know why? Because I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man's man. Men, we don't turn around, do we? We figure it out. And so I reached down and grabbed my phone. I'm going to GPS it. The only problem is I've got T-Mobile, which is really T-Maybe. And... Uh, <laughs> And there's nothing there, there's nothing there. And so I'm lost, I'm lost. And I'm just, but I keep driving and I get this little voice going, turn around, just turn around, just turn around. But I don't want to turn around because I can do it myself. I can figure this out. And then I'm starting to think, if I see somebody out in their yard, I'm going to pull over. <laughs> so I'm, I'm scouring yards. And finally I see this woman in her yard and I know I'm scared i scared to death. Pull in, you know, you know I pull in, I'm lost, need help. And the truth is I was very close. But I'd have never found it. Today, I want to talk to you because we all have that same tendency that we hear this voice when things go in our life that are not good. That when we're dealing with a hurt, a habit, or a hang up, we have this tendency to say, I'm going to figure this out myself, I'm just going to do it myself. I don't need anybody. Don't need the church. Don't need Jesus. I'm going to do this one myself. I'm just going to do it myself. And so we, we start out, and We're just. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to, I'm going to chart my own course, and, and it's all going to work out in the end. And then we hear this voice, just a simple voice saying, turn around. Just turn around. One of the best decisions we can make is to turn towards God. No matter what's going on in your life, this is one of the best. That it is really to me the best decision that you can make is whatever's going on in your life, when you're adrift, when things aren't going the way they you want them to go in your life, and your first instinct is to cut and run, turn back to God. And that's what we're going to look at today. And the principle here that we've been talking about is this: we made a decision. To turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. We make this decision to turn our lives, our lives, which is the just just our very lives, but also our will, our internal struggle. The voice inside of it says, I will not turn around. We're going to turn it over to God. We're going to turn to him. And so I'm going to talk to you about today. I've got a couple of scriptures. The first is this. is Romans 12. We use this verse a lot. Great verse. They're all great it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That we're just going to offer ourselves to God. Instead of running away from God, we're going to run to Him and offer ourselves to Him. Offer ourselves to God, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And then this verse right here from Matthew, Happier the meek. I want to spend just a little bit of time on this. Jesus said this Happier the meek. Now, meekness is not a word that we use very much, we don't use it very much. You may not even know what it means. The word meek is strength under control. Gentle inner strength, submissive. And that sounds weak when you say the word submissive. But the example of this is Jesus Christ. When Jesus was arrested, Pilate had him and he he was before the people. And I don't know if you remember these words, but this is what Pilate said. Pilate brought Jesus out and he said, behold the man. Jesus was a man's man, but he's also the picture of meekness, internal strength, internal gentleness, internal submission, but yet so much power in his life. And when we turn to God, that same thing happens to us. Happy are those who are meek, who have this internal gentleness, this internal humility, this internal submission. So how do you do that? How do you do that? That's what we're going to look at today. Got this little anachronym Turn. The first is this. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Now I'm going to make some of y'all mad today. I know that's, that's true because I'm going to talk about Tom Brady. I know some of y'all hate Tom Brady. <laughs> but they say that Tom Brady on the night before the Super Bowl last year, as a matter of fact, the entire Super Bowl week, that he texted the team over and over again We are going to win. We're going to win. Now, if you don't know who Tom Brady is, Tom Brady's, I think, been in 10 Super Bowls. He's won the majority of them that he's been in. He was the architect of the comeback of the Falcons' defeat, which left many of us crying and angry. But if you're going to play a Super Bowl and Tom Brady says you're going to win... That'd have to make you feel pretty confident, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That'd make me feel pretty confident. As a matter of fact, sometimes we get into things and we're not sure uh, who to listen to. We got all these people giving us stuff, like all these voices in inside. Like, you ever watch commercials? People are just constantly vying for you to say, trust me, insurance, trust me. You're in good hands with? <laughs> well, it is all state, but the answer always Jesus in church. <laughs> Appreciate that. That's right. You've been in church a long time. The answer is, you never go wrong answering Jesus. You're in good hands with Allstate and Jesus. <laughs> Trust me. Lawyers. Trust me. You've been in a car accident? Call me. Trust me. Need a new mattress? Trust me. This you'll never have the best night's sleep of your life. Trust me. Automobiles? Trust me, it's the best car you've ever had. You'll never have a better. This is unbelievable. Trust me. But if we're going to turn, you got to trust Jesus. And I think all those things are great. You may have a good lawyer, a good mattress, a good insurance company. You may have a good quarterback like Tom Brady. But hear me today. If you're wondering who to trust, listen to me. Why don't you trust the, di- the guy who died and rose again? Why don't you trust the dead guy who came back to life? Look what Jesus says when he talks about trusting him. Look what he says. It's while he was still speaking to her. This is Jesus. Messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. Now this seems like there would be no turning around from this. That this is a dead end. But let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus is the God of the dead end. Yeah. When you think it's dead, it's just a U turn away of getting right. Yeah. When you think it's dead, you're just a U turn away of having life breathe back into you, just like this girl. And Jesus told him, Your daughter, they told him, Your daughter's dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard him and said, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Jesus says, Just trust me. Just trust me. Look at the scripture right here. Same thing. Jesus talked about He says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told him. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So you and I just simply have to have a small amount of faith in Jesus Christ. You don't have to have a bunch. A lot of people get shut down by this. They start thinking, I don't have a lot of faith. I don't know all the answers. Let me share something. You don't have to. I don't know them all either. You don't know them all. We don't have to know all the answers. All we have to do is trust Jesus. He's going to lead us to the answers. But you and I just simply have to trust him. You understand who it is that you're following. I want to spend a little bit of time on this. Because it sounds like, it sounds good. If you ask people if they're trusting Jesus, as a matter of fact, I guarantee if I were to say, hey, are you trusting Jesus? Almost every hand in this room would, would raise. Yeah, I'm trusting Jesus. I trust Jesus trust him. But if you start to think of your areas of your life individually, could you say you're trusting Jesus? Could you say you're trusting him? We'll throw out some obvious ones. Trust him with your job. Trust him with your family. Trust him with your marriage. Let's get real down. down to it. You trust him with your money. You trust him with your time, your most valued resource, your time. You trust him with your talent. Are you trusting him with those things? Because it's really easy to think, hey, I'm trusting Jesus, when the truth is we're really trusting ourselves. We're trusting ourselves. When I used to coach baseball, I used to coach baseball. I coached rec league for years, and I coached a, a little bit of middle school ball and high school ball and um, baseball. I used to have this thought when a situation arose in the game. I have this thought. Don't outsmart yourself here, Gary. Sometimes you have that you would outsmart yourself. Like if you needed somebody to, to do something, like I'd think, well, I'll put him in and maybe he could do it. You're going to outsmart. I'd have this thought, don't outsmart yourself. Put your best player out there. Put your best people in the game. Put them in the best spots. And the times where I outsmart ourselves are usually the times when we lost the game, where I tried something cute or I tried something different or tried to get by with something, and it usually did not work out well. A lot of times we outsmart ourselves. We hear Jesus saying, hey, trust me. Look at the scripture here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All. Don't depend on your own understanding. Now here's the tension. We hear the voice of God telling us one thing. And then we got our smarts. We got our experiences. We got our background. We got our upbringing. Sometimes telling us something different. And it's this tension. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will, his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. And a lot of times, you know what that path is? Just simply turn around. Turn around. You're going the wrong way. Turn around. Don't be impressed in your own wisdom. Sometimes we get impressed with ourselves, don't we? We do. We get impressed with ourselves. One of the things that I do at home that I used to really frustrate my kids is I would say this to my kids at times. I said, what happened again? They say, what? I said, dad was right. (laughs) They loved it when I did that. They were like, and they just go upstairs. They didn't, after a while, they wouldn't even acknowledge me. I always thought it was funny every time I did it. <laughs> but we can get impressed with our own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord. Turn. Turn away from evil. And then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. So I'm going to ask you this today. Who is it? That you're following. Who are you really following? It's really easy to raise your hand and say I'm following Jesus, but who are you really following? With your decisions that you make? The plans that you make. The way you respond to circumstances. Who are you following? Or repent. Repent is a Bible word. It has some, sometimes a negative kind of connotation. But let me just share that. You're going to hear a lot about this. We're starting a new series next week in Revelation. We've never done Revelation as a church. I've never done Revelation as a pastor. Never done Revelation at Eastridge Church on a Sunday morning. Never, ever done it. Super excited. You're going to hear a lot because Revelation is a lot about repenting. Because repenting is not a bad thing. We've made it this bad thing like you've got to repent. And then, and then the preacher gets up and goes, repent. And everybody thinks this is a bad thing. Repentance is a good thing. Repentance is an opportunity to get things right. It's, it's like when you play golf and they say, hey, do you want to hit a mulligan? You know what a mulligan is? It means you get to hit another shot. You hit a shot in the woods, you want to hit a mulligan? Well, yes, I do, because I'm always in the woods. That's why I quit playing golf. That's why I started hunting, because I was always in the woods. I thought I will just stay in the woods and hunt. <laughs> so, it's kind of an easy transition. You want to hit a mulligan? Yes, I want to hit a mulligan. That's what repentance is. It's a beautiful thing. This whole thing of just turning back to God, repenting, making this decision to, hey, the way I'm going, is not right. And it's not going to lead to my good. As a matter of fact, I'm drifting further away from where I want to be and who I want to be. And so I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn back to God. Jesus' first message recorded in the New Testament was repent. Paul preached often about repenting. The first message of the church, when the church first came, after Jesus died and rose again, they gathered together. Supernaturally, things happened. And here's the message of the church that Peter preached. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. It wasn't a bad thing, it was a good thing. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises to you, your children, to those far away, and all who have been called by the Lord our God. There's simply this thing that we're going to turn. We're going to turn. We're going to repent. And finally, in new life. That when you turn to God, when you make this decision to repent, when you trust him, when you understand who you're following, when you repent... The result is new life. Look at the scripture here. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, by turning to Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard, that we're all in this together. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. That God takes us as we are and turns us into somebody new. We saw the picture of baptism. Coming up, newness of Christ. Well, I'm going to ask Darcy to come on the stage and share her story of new life. Would you welcome Darcy? (laughs) Welcome.
2: morning. Hi, my name is Darcy, and I am a joyful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with anxiety and depression. Hi, church family. I gave my life to Christ in 1986 and have lived like it for many of the past 35 years. At the age of 20, I married my first husband. We were high school sweethearts and we who followed God's will for abstinence before marriage. A year and a half later, our past went in different directions and my husband left me. Apparently, I was not near as exciting as his fantasy woman. This betrayal left me angry with God and I remember screaming at him saying, but God, I did it your way and he still left me. This rejection led to the beginning of a very unhealthy pattern of acting out sexually to restore my self-esteem. Five years later, when I married my second husband, I knew I shouldn't have. There were lots of red flags. And two years later, my son was born. And that was the beginning of me coming back to God, because I didn't want my son to grow up and not know who Jesus was. A year later, I ended the marriage. It didn't take long to slide back into my old destructive habits. Leading to an affair with a married man, I justified it as, we just rushed God's timing. After his divorce, we dated openly. We asked for God's forgiveness and we began to serve in church together. I married into a huge family and gained two wonderful stepchildren. My life was complete. He adored my son and they were best buds. About five years into the marriage, the more I became involved in church, the more he pulled away. I find it difficulty to maintain intimacy with you because of the weight that you've gained. He said it much crueler than that, but this is church. He and his son have never spoken another word to me or to my then eight-year-old son. I was once again broken and his abandonment of my son devastated me and I hit a major depressive state. For two years, I grieved. I tried so hard to figure out what I had done wrong. Then one day, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and started acting out again sexually. It didn't take long to become addicted to the behavior. I craved validation that I was worthy, something that my husband had stolen from me. The attention sinking behavior went on for nine years. I tried many times to repent and to live the life that God intended for me, but every time I fell again. And with each backslide, I was eat up with guilt and shame and became more and more anxious and depressed. I walked through the doors to celebrate recovery in September of 2019. I stayed for Newcomers 101 and it would be a whole year before I would walk back through the doors again. This time I was ready. I had hit rock bottom by finding myself in a dangerous situation with a man and finally realized I could not do this on my own. And just like in principle one, I finally had to realize I'm not God. I had to admit that I was powerless to control my tendencies to do the wrong thing and that my life was unmanageable. You see, I'd been a Christian basically my whole life and I felt like I would never be good enough for God. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, good works cannot save us. And not only that, they cannot earn us God's love. God loves us not because of us, but in spite of us. I kept thinking that I had to clean up before he would accept me again, but that was just wrong thinking. I had to believe that I mattered to God, period. What I found at CR was a bunch of people who are struggling with their hurts, habits, and hangups, but love Jesus with everything that they have. It's amazing when you surround yourself with these type of people, what hope you begin to have for life change and growth in Jesus Christ. I joined the anxiety and depression open share group And my first time sharing, I burst into tears and confessed my struggles. I felt like the weight had been lifted. I kept coming to CR, learning more about the eight principles and how to overcome. The worship week after week just drew me closer to God. I started my step study in February of this year, and I would love to tell you that the minute I joined CR, I never struggled again. That's just not the truth. But I am now six months free of sexual impurity. And with every new milestone I hit, I celebrate like I've won a million dollars because I find myself chasing obedience and not men. And with every day I choose obedience and turning my will over and to work my steps. I'll finish my step study this year and move into leadership and celebrate recovery. I have found my place and my ministry. To anyone who's considering celebrate recovery, just do it. I know it can be scary, but just lay aside your fears, walk up the hill and through the doors. This is the happiest I've been in years. It has changed my life, and it can change yours too. Thanks.
1: We made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. We made a decision. I'm going to give you some bad news and I'll give you some good news. How about that? Here's the bad news We've all sinned and fallen short of God's standard. If you wonder if you're a sinner, well, I'll help you. If you ever lied, and you're a liar. you ever stole something you're a thief. you ever lusted someone Jesus said you're an adulterer. I could go down the list. We're all sinners. all have sinned. Bad news. Good news hear me. the gift of God is eternal life. Amen. Bad news. you're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You can't do enough good works to earn God's favor. I can't either. Can't do it. Not enough. Good news. Hear me. Hear me. Good news. Jesus is enough. What he did on the cross, listen to me, paid for our sins, past, present, and future. He's enough. Bad news. Without Jesus Christ, you are separated from God. Separated. Your eternal state is not good. Good news that if you turn, God has never rejected anyone. He could care less what you've done. Hear me on this. He could care less about your past. He's never rejected anyone who turned to him and meant it and said, you know, I need you. I need you. Read the Bible. You read the Bible. It's not full of good people who God just happened to bless. It's full of awful people, people who didn't have it together, who turned to God. Just simply turned to him and found hope and life change. And so today, I'm going to give us all a chance to turn. Maybe today is the day that you turn your life and your will over to God. I'm turning to God. I've been doing it by myself for a long time. I've been, I've been playing this game, but today is the day. I'm turning to God. He's the answer. Well, you can do it in your seat. You can just simply say, Jesus, I need you. And you can pray a prayer. There's nothing magical. You can come forward. I'll be down front. Maybe you want to just pray at the front and make the front the altar for you. You're just going to pray. And you're going to turn to God either for the first time or turn to Him again and find that He is what you need. So I'm going to pray and invite you to come. And then we're going to stand and sing. I ask the band to go ahead and come up as I'm praying. Father, we come to You now. Lord, we know that We're sinners. None of us here is perfect. We've all got a past and we've got skeletons in our closets. We've got things in our lives that we hope nobody ever knows. But God, you know them. You know them all. And you still choose to love us. You knew them on the day that Jesus went to the cross. You knew everything that, that we would ever do. You knew it. And you still sent Jesus to die for us. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would turn our lives and our wills over to you. That we would humble ourselves and realize that we need you That you are the answer. You're the thing that we've been looking for our whole life. And you're waiting for us with open arms. That hope and life change are right in front of us. If we'll just turn to you. So, Lord, we come to you now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Would you stand with me and sing? If you have a decision to make, would you come?
0: Thank you once again for checking out Eastridge Church. We uncovered a lot of things in this series, and there may be some things that really um, hit home with you or some things you realize that you are dealing with and you don't quite know where to start or or who to turn to or what to do, really. Eastridge is here for you. We would love to hear from you about anything that you may have uncovered. We want to help you through that. You can do that a couple ways you can fill out the connect card at eastridge.church connect card that really is the best way to get connected with us here at eastridge there's a place where you can fill out prayer requests any questions you have decisions you've made and also we have an awesome ministry here at eastridge called celebrate recovery you've heard us talk about it throughout this whole series you've heard us talk about it in this message it's a ministry to help you through these things that you're going through in life that are keeping you from being god's created you to be and it can be things that you think may be minor or or more extreme celebrate recovery deals with it all if you don't live in the newton county georgia area that's okay reach out to us anyway we want to help you get plugged into a celebrate recovery ministry near you because after all it's not about eastridge it's not about the specific celebrate recovery ministry we have here but it's about getting you the help that you need to become who god's created you to be And we want to help you through that. If you think that these messages, really any message uh, that you hear, but specifically this Aftershock series can benefit someone else around you, go ahead and share it with them. Have a conversation with them. Use these as tools in your small group, um, whatever the case may be. All right, be on the lookout for weekly podcasts. We're going to put these out every Monday. We will see you next time.